Welcome to the audio ministry of Grove Park Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. We pray you will be blessed by today's message. Good morning. Glad to see my family here. Uh, after uh, John Moore talked about uh, the ramp ministry and talking about Alan helping. Alan, we're proud of you, but I want you to try that hat back on to see if your head still fits inside of it. I'm sure it does. But Alan, Alan has helped us out, and Will and Kate and all have helped us out on the ramp ministry. And I appreciate some of my boys helping us out on that. So uh, one of my disappointments this morning is that uh, I don't have any good NC State stories to share with you because <laughs> Mark has dominated this thing with the Carolina stories. And uh, we, I just, it's, there's nobody playing ball now, so... I guess we'll just have to let that and go today. But anyway, so it's good to be here, and I'll bring you greetings from uh, the Baptist on Mission. Uh, we are formerly North Carolina Baptist men, but we are now called uh, the Baptist on Mission. And i bring you greetings from our uh, Executive Director, Richard Brunson, and the uh, head of our disaster relief, uh, Tom Beam. So we're, uh, we're just glad to, uh, to be able to come and share with you a little bit about what we're doing in, uh, in disaster relief, and several of you commented on the bright yellow shirt, and if you think that's bad, you ought to see about 100 of us together. So it'll, uh, and, and Mark, Mark Reich's got a little bit of the, our colors on this morning, so he's helping us out. But um, North Carolina Baptist men and, and the Baptist on mission, there are 19 different ministries that we have going on, and we're all funded by the uh, North Carolina Missions Offering, which we take up every fall. Uh, we don't receive any funding from the uh, cooperative program. Our funding does come from uh, contributions from individuals and organizations along with what uh, we receive a share of the North Carolina Missions Offering. I'm gonna just read you some of our um, organizations or, or ministries that we have that are not related to disaster relief. And we're, we're really widespread, I think. So there's agriculture missions, aviation missions, Baptist builders, we have Baptist educators, church renewal, college missions, compassion ministries, family foundations, international missions, medical missions, men's ministry, national missions, prayer support, children's missions, state or sports and recreation, we have state missions, student mobilization, and a youth ministry. So we have all these groups that meet and they share in their specific area of ministry with others as they are led to. There are two others that I didn't mention. One of them is, we call it disaster recovery, and the other one is called disaster relief. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk a little bit about this morning uh, is those things. One of the, the scriptures that I think about when I look at what we do in disaster relief is found in Matthew 25, verse 35 through 40. And the scriptures say, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. 
I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? In whom did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did you, we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them, truly I say to you, as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. So that's what we hope in disaster relief that we're doing is sharing some love with somebody that's in a special need that has a time of crisis in their life. Um, our goal in disaster relief is to, um, there's three things I think we try to do is we offer help and we offer healing, but most of all, if we can offer hope. And many of the people that we encounter have lost everything they're in a, uh, they've had a disaster, a tornado, a hurricane, or something another has happened to them. And so we try to go out and minister and to share the love of Christ with them so that they can, um, can get back on their feet and become uh, more whole than they were at this time. So we've got a few slides I want to show you. This is the first one is just our, our logo and uh, of disaster relief. The next one shows one of our kitchens that's set up at night. Uh, this is a kitchen we actually call Mana One. We've had that kitchen since right after Hurricane Katrina in about 2006. Um, that kitchen, we have two kitchens like that um, that are able to feed up, prepare up to 30,000 meals a day. So uh, we do that. The next slide is a, a larger slide and it probably you can't see it real well, but it's just a, a picture of our campus set up at night uh, as we were working there that night. On the next slide, you'll see again, uh, some of our volunteers. This is what we hope we're doing the most of, is our volunteers going out, meeting with a family and sharing with them that love of Christ, helping them and trying to find a way to minister to them. We can build, rebuild houses, we can cook meals, we can do all kinds of things for people, but if we're not sharing the love of Christ, as we tell our volunteers, we're missing the boat. Okay, that's what we're there for. Our mission is to share that love of Christ. We do that by helping uh, with people that have had destruction in their homes. On the next slide, you'll see some of our mass feeding kitchens set up. Um, Again, this is a picture of, uh, uh, this is one of our other mass feeding kitchens that does 30,000 meals. We have six kitchens that prepare meals. Uh, they range in, in size from, as I said, they'll prepare up to 30,000 meals a day down to about 300 meals a day. We, uh, our newest acquisition that we've had and been blessed with is a, a rapid response kitchen that is uh, just a trailer that's pulled behind a truck, much like a food truck and it's self-sufficient and sustaining, and it will, uh, we can do about three to 400 meals a day uh, for people in a small disaster. On the next slide, you'll see a um, picture of our, one of our other ministries is our communications and recovery. We, we have a communications team that goes out with us. Uh, they, we have satellite capabilities, and they, uh, they have uh, equipment that will allow them to uh, communicate anywhere in the world and also helps us. Uh, we're so dependent on internet and 
Wi-Fi connections that uh, that's their main job right now is to provide us with with those uh, features. Uh, the large trailer on the the right hand side of the picture is one is our large recovery trailer. This is an old NASCAR car hauler and uh, we've taken it and refurbished it and put inside of it tools, chainsaws, ladders, uh, and equipment that's needed to help people. We can outfit probably a hundred volunteers with all the equipment they need to uh, respond to a disaster. Uh, we used this uh, last fall in, uh, uh, in Florida when uh, Hurricane uh, Irma came through, I believe it was. Um, the next picture is our shower and laundry ministry. Uh, we have uh, nine shower units. Uh, we have four laundry units that we take out to whenever there's a disaster. Uh, sometimes they go just to help with that, um, but sometimes they go in support of our other ministries. We offer those to help our volunteers uh, keep clean and to uh, be able to get a, a bath when they come in at night. We also do the, these services to the public. Uh, one of our laundry units uh, can wash, they wash anywhere from 30 to 50 loads of clothes a day. Uh, they have four to five uh, wash machines. One of them actually has seven, but uh, they have four to five wash machines and dryers. And the people will take those uh, dirty clothes in the morning from our volunteers or either our uh, uh, survivors, and they will take them and wash them and fold them and put them in a nice bag uh, that has a, a message about how God loves them. Uh, what, the next slide is a picture of our, uh, another one of our feeding kitchens. There's also a water tanker. We have two water tankers that we use uh, to provide uh, pure water for. So we, when we go on a large disaster, many times the water supply is not uh, potable and we have to go ahead and uh, uh, get those tankers filled up. We've had situations where every night a tanker would have to go somewhere and get filled up to bring back uh, fresh water. Uh, we've used those in many different places. And like I said, we have two of them and they, they hold about six to 7,000 gallons of, of water. And we have drivers that, and, and tractors that will pull those and we just have to find a place to uh, fill those up with water. Um, the next slide, again, this is back in, inside of our kitchen where we have people actually cooking. Uh, one of the things we do is we partner with either, usually either the Red Cross is our primary uh, partner for feeding or the Salvation Army. And sometimes we work with the emergency management, and especially in North Carolina, we work with the North Carolina emergency management very closely. Uh, we have a, a place that we meet down in Raleigh whenever there's a big uh, disaster and, and we we have a seat at the table, as we say, with the emergency management people in helping figure out where we're going to minister, where we're going to set up kitchens, where we're going to feed people, and how we're going to do that. So it's a coordinated effort with them. We receive our food from, uh, like I said, from the Red Cross Salvation Army, or in, if we're in North Carolina, the North Carolina Department of Agriculture has been very uh, good to provide food for us. Our job is to cook the food. Um, we cook it, we put it in, uh, we call them cambros, but they're big ice chests that uh, just keep the food uh, warm for an extended period of time. And then 
the Red Cross, if that's our partner, will come by and they'll take those, that food out into the community. We'll sit up in an area where we're uh, fairly secure, but they will take it and they may go for 20, 30 miles away to, to feed people. Uh, many times we've had 20 and 30 Red Cross uh, trucks there to pick up food and take out. So it's um, sometimes it's quite a big operation with um, as many as um, 20 and 30 tractor trailers of food sitting on a parking lot and a lot of other um, vehicles moving in and about. The next slide is a, a picture of our recovery teams. This is our other large ministry that we do. We do basically three things with them. We do um, chainsaw where we cut off trees off of houses. We do temporary roof repair where we put tarps on roofs. If you've ever been in a disaster area and you see all these blue tarps, uh, they've been put on by somebody just to get those people uh, through the, the crisis until they can get the uh, roof repaired. And the third area we do is uh, clean out and that can be taking people's possessions out of a damaged home and helping them sort through those things. And it, or it can mean, as we did in Kentucky this past year, uh, where they had a flood, it's, uh, we called a mud out. And it's simply taking a shovel and a five gallon bucket and going in their basement or their crawl space and getting all the muck and uh, mud and wet insulation out of there and uh, so they can begin to get the process of drying their homes out. That's, um, once we do that, we treat the, uh, the house with a, a product that we call Shockwave, which helps kill the mold and keep it from coming back. So we have a lot of volunteers that do that. We, that's probably our biggest group of volunteers is in our recovery area, but they, uh, they go and they work very hard in doing that. This past summer, I was in Kentucky uh, after they had floods in uh, the eastern part of Kentucky. We were, we were in Kentucky for about two months. And I've been to a lot of disaster and seen a lot of, of bad things. And that was, that was pretty much in a valley where the flood came through. It was total destruction and devastation. One of the saddest things I heard was a lady told me, we asked her about her flood and how it all came through and stuff. And she said, I had nothing before the flood came. And when the flood came, I lost that. So, you know, just to see people that don't have anything and then they got less even after that. So we were able to spend about two months in Kentucky working to uh, restore people's homes, clean them out, um, get them ready for a, a rebuild process. The next slide is one of my favorite pictures I've been able to take. And it, it really doesn't show destruction. It doesn't show um, a disaster or, or all of our mass feeding and all of our big stuff. But we went to a house, and this is one of our volunteers. And upstairs in the house, there was six or eight of our guys, and they were hauling off track or dump truck loads of debris from this house. And this lady took her, the son that lived there, and she was washing his toys. If you look in the back of the picture, she, 
he's already got them lined up after she's cleaned them up. So he's, but that's the ministry, the type of ministry we hope we're doing is reaching out and touching people where they need it. That's where this young boy needed help. He was just, he was ministered to by somebody that she came to help clean out um, the, the house, but she found a, a mission and a ministry that she needed to do. So those are the slides that I have. A few more things I'll tell you about from a, on our disaster relief. Um, last year was a very busy year for us from the time in uh, August when we started in Kentucky. Uh, we spent August and September in Kentucky, and then we spent October and November in uh, Cape Coral, Florida. In between that, we've sent people to Puerto Rico to do um, water purification over there. And then after we got back from uh, Cape Coral, we almost immediately went to Moore County where they had a uh, power outage because people decided to shoot up a substation. So we went from some very large disaster relief responses to very small ones in a hurry. But for a, about four months, there were uh, there were only about 10 days that we were not deployed somewhere in the United States or in Puerto Rico last year. I, and I'm not all that big on numbers, but I'm going to tell you some just so you might hear what we, how many we've done. We have about 5,000 plus volunteers on our database, but last year we had over 6,000 volunteer days. We prepared over 200,000 meals. We did 2, over 2,600 loads of laundry. We provided 5,000 showers. We had 4,000 chaplaincy contacts. And we had at least 40 professions of faith. So God has touched us, given us a lots of gifts and a lot of equipment and ability, and we, we're just glad to be able to do that. Lots of things are changing in the Baptist men, or ba I keep calling it Baptist men. I, don't, I, can't, um, I can't get to uh, Baptist on mission every time. But um, we, we have just recently, uh, about three weeks ago, purchased a warehouse in Greensboro. So we're going to be changing it. We've been leasing one in High Point. We're going to be moving all of our equipment to Greensboro in the next few months. And uh, we have a, a place set up over there that um, through the donations of people and uh, we're able to have a place we can work on our equipment and keep it up to date. And um, so it's, it's a big blessing for us to have that. As I was thinking about all of these things, you know, I just I thought about the change that takes place in all these people's lives as we as things happen. It takes place in, in the lives of the the survivors. It takes place in the lives of our volunteers that go and help. Uh, and it's you you know if you do this long enough, you never know when you're going to get a call. I, Sometimes we know when a change is coming, when a hurricane is coming, we have five, seven days to get ready for it. And so we plan. 
we work with all the other states at the Southern Baptist Convention to plan our response to a disaster. When a smaller disaster happens, such as a tornado, that change is just, it's, it's real quick. You don't know that it's coming. When somebody goes to Moore County and shoots the, fire, the substations up, they didn't know anything was coming anytime. So we, we have to respond. Um, I, one of the most rapid responses I ever remember was one third of July, about four o'clock in the afternoon, I got a call from our state director and he said, can you go to West Virginia tomorrow and start feeding people on the 4th of July? And I was like, this is impossible, you know. But, you know, with God, it's not. Nothing's impossible. Um, we were able to recruit a team, have food delivered. I had food in West Virginia at eight o'clock the next morning. We started feeding people that afternoon. So you can change quickly. Sometimes that change is slow. Sometimes it, uh, you know, you just don't know which direction it's going to take. Many of these people that we, as I've said, we went through have total destruction in their, their physical beings. Many of them have lost loved ones. Uh, and we, we try to minister to that. We have a, a group of chaplains that go out and minister and try to share the love of Christ with these people when they're in this situation, uh, whether it's uh, giving them food or helping them with their house. But, and I kept thinking about the changes that we have in our lives and what changes take place. And, you know, when we're growing up, it seems like, you know, things won't ever change quick enough and we can't get out of the house and can't get moved out or get on and to where you want to do. And, and then later on, when you get, seemed like my age that things change and you're going too fast. I want them to slow down. But, you know, we go through all the different changes in our lives, whether it's marriage or death, whether it's good or bad. There's some changes that are good and some changes that are bad. And sometimes those changes are caused by events like we've talked about here in the disasters. And sometimes they're caused by a change in our hearts that we want to, you know, we need to change our heart in order to uh, serve our Lord better. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody else changed something for you and you didn't have any control over it? Or you didn't feel like you did? I have, there's lots of times that that happens. But many times, you know, we can help make that change. And there's some that we control, some we don't. Many are permanent. And some are temporary. We hope that what we can provide with disaster relief for people, we can take what people foresee as a permanent change in their life and show them it's more temporary. That we can restore to them some of their joy uh, by just reaching out and giving them the love that we know that we have through Christ. So, you know, and as I kept thinking about the changes that take place, you know, God makes changes in our lives that are permanent if we'll let him. And he reaches out and touches us. He gives us an opportunity to serve him. We're, we're, we're able to serve him through disaster relief, but more importantly, we're able to serve him and acknowledge him 
and share with others what he has blessed us with. When I, when I think about these people in disasters and, and the change that's going through in their lives, and one of my, I know Mark, Mark put in the bulletin back at Easter, but one of my favorite songs at Easter is it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And for many of these people, all they can see is Friday. And so we're trying to show them that Sunday's coming, that there's something better than the disaster. Something is going to be better on the other side. So I hope this morning that you can think about changes in your life, how you might have been in disaster. You might have experienced some of these things. But just know that God's love is sufficient. He, he is there for us. Uh, there are people that want to help you through a time of crisis and disaster. Um, that's what we try to do as a Baptist on mission. But I hope that you'll just know that you know, no matter what the circumstances, God can give you the peace in your heart and that you can, your life can be changed by him through using the ministry of other people. So we're going to have our hymn of invitation this morning. You're going to get out here in time to beat the Methodists to the cafeteria. And uh, so if God's spoken to you and you would like to respond, you can certainly come and pray at the altar. Uh, if you want to speak with someone, come up to the front and Dale will come down and talk to you. Um, I told him I'm not preaching, but I will speak. And uh, so we're just glad that you're here. If you, if, again, if God has spoken to you in any way, uh, please respond as he's asked you to this morning. And thank you for this opportunity. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please note our schedule has been revised as of April 2021. Please join us on Sunday mornings for worship at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary at 108 Trail 1 in Burlington or on Facebook Live. For more information and resources regarding our church, please visit groveparkchurch.net. And remember, grace abound.